Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What is up, Wizards fans? Welcome to another Believe in Wizards podcast. Uh, this is not Jihadi White with me here today. I've got Osmond Begg filling in. Oz, uh, big shoes to fill, literally and figuratively, but I think you're up to the challenge here. Thanks for coming on here, man, and uh, doing with this on short notice, basically. Yeah, definitely, man. Tell Jihadi, like, you know, I want to take a shot at, like, trying to box him out. I had a video that somebody <laughs> tweeted me the other day of him just like grabbing rebounds and just like dunking through people and like watching yeah. their spirits like lift out of their bodies as he dunked on them. And I, all I could think was I would never want to have to box that man out. So more power to you. You know, I think, I think it was, you know, getting dunked on, having it go viral. You know, if you can't dunk, might as well just get dunked on, you know? Sure. Yeah. I like that. It, I have only been like, super dunked on once and uh it was kind of more exciting than anything to be honest for any terps fans out there james gist <laughs> in the rec center just uh put a hole through me but it was kind of a good story to tell after the fact uh before we get going into the actual content here brought to you by stateside vodka and their surfside hard iced teas hard lemonades hard peach teas hard half naps really can't go wrong either way and bet online bet online is your number one source for all your betting needs get the latest odds lines and matchup reports for baseball boxing ufc golf could even probably bet on the in-season tournament if you're a degenerate and wanted to do that. It's the fastest and easiest way to place all your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games. You can head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEF, B-L-E-A-V, for 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, Oz, the main thing I wanted to talk about here today is the only thing that we should all realistically care about with the Wizards this year, Bilal Kulabali. He is good as shit. Like, I did not expect this. I thought he would be this good eventually. I did not think he'd be this good year one. And am I overreacting just to, like, one big play last night? Or is he as good as I think he is? No, I think he's as good as you think he is. Um, I don't think you're overreacting at all. And I think it was actually nice to see the game yesterday because his usage, his kind of role, how he's been playing is kind of – I wouldn't say his play has not been trending down, but his role has been trending down. Yeah. You'll see him make a couple, what you would call, like, look, when you look back at his rookie year, when he stole the ball from Embiid, when he when he dunked it, kind of that full court, uh, full court when he made the move, kind of got, got around uh, Reed and dunked on him. Those are mm. going to be in that highlight package. So to see a couple of those highlight moves, highlight packages, and him to kind of do what he always does, which is get three steals in a game, it, it seems like. Mm. It was good to see him do that and remind people that, hey, you know, this is this season is largely about him. Let's yep. continue to ramp him up and get him involved and not go the way that it was going prior to like that mini four four day break. Do you think somebody in the front office kind of walked down the hallway and knocked on a door or two and was like, hey, guys, just a reminder, we took this guy, we trade up to seven to get him uh, do something with him? I think so. I so, Well, I don't know. I don't. At the same time, he didn't finish the game, which was odd. You know, That's he was true. playing well. It was a close game. He didn't finish the game. He played a good amount of minutes and mm -hmm. got the ball more than he had been. Um, if you recall before the season, I can't remember. I think it was it was Will Dawkins who had said every 20 games or so they were going to kind of take a look and, and measure things, right? 
Mm-hmm. So prior to that game, it was they had played 19 games, and I don't think it rigidly has to be. Oh, after game number 20, they had yeah, the four. Exactly. They had the four day break. They played Friday last week, and and then they at Orlando the second game, and then they didn't play a game until Wednesday. So to me, that seems like a good opportunity to hey, we have 19 games. What happened those 19 games? Let's reevaluate. Let's course correct a few things. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't shock me if a conversation was had about Bilal. Um, his usage, kind of what the role is. Yeah, I think we'll get a better sense of it if that continues tonight, um, or was it a one-off? I, I kind of hope that it was somebody going in there and just being like, "Hey, guys, like you know, like I, I want them to care enough about that from the front office perspective that they did say something, and not that I want West to have have to needed that, but uh, it, it says a lot about them like following through if if that's actually the case." Yeah, you'd hope so because a lot of, you know, I, I get where the phase of kind of whatever this is called, rebuild, retool, whatever, we'll call it a rebuild here. Yeah. Where the phase where they still haven't taken it all apart yet. So there's mm-hmm. still a lot of, anytime you say, why is this player playing, kind of the reason, the reasoning, they won't say it, but like you can kind of put two and two together is trade value, right? Yeah. You still don't want to waste uh, 40 or 50 games of, of Bilal's rookie season where he could be getting a ton of experience. And also, no matter what, like April, March basketball, we've seen it. We've seen it's it with not as meaningful. It, yeah. It's not, yeah, it's not as meaningful. The games, the teams aren't as locked in. It's like I mean, all-star game Kevin, defense sometimes. Exactly. We've seen like Kevin Serafin dominate like the last like 15 games of the season. Johnny Davis yeah. had a good stretch last year. And then, true, you know, but yeah. it's like, it's all different when teams are locked in early in the season. So like this experience is good for him. He needs it. And I do hope someone in the front office stepped in if they, if if it needed to, because uh, frankly I'm not fully trusting West to do it himself. Yeah, I I do think they made like some kind of choice as a team, and whether that's the players or somebody at the coaching staff to say the ball movement has to be better here, and I think it had slowly been trending in the right direction, but especially in this Sixers game, I mean I thought they were you know, really good. And they had a season high 39 assists, but even just beyond that, like it it seemed like guys were trying really hard to do the right thing and also get everyone involved. They had 41 bench points, actually outscored Philly's bench 41 to 21, unfortunately. Uh, Embiid outscored their whole bench by himself. Yeah. Uh, But they also just, they got better shots. And as a result, they made better shots. Obviously that kind of like trailed off at the end of the game, which I'm fine with. If I see 44 good minutes of Wizards basketball and then they lose at the end, no complaints here, literally. But everybody everybody was trying to, to like move the ball. It seemed like even, uh, you know, we've t- taken some shots at uh, Jordan Poole along the way. He only had two assists, but I don't think he was like a ball stopper and he was more efficient with his own shooting. He went 10 of 16 for 23 points. Uh, Tyus Jones had eight assists and only one turnover, which I thought was actually one of the times where his assist to turnover was meaningful because he was actually creating yeah. for guys. Right. He played a strong uh, game. That may have been his best game of the season. Yeah. And that might be the the one that you show other GMs clips <laughs> of <laughs> if you're uh, getting around to, to trying to showcase him at some point. Uh, Kuzma, I think I want to say he had. His playmaking sure. went up in the second half. I think in the yeah, first seven half, assists. Many, yeah. yeah. Seven assists, which is a good number. Obviously a good number in general, and I think just a recent trend of him focusing more on the playmaking. 
he's had at least six assists, if not more, in six of his last eight games. And I think that's been nice to see that kind of carry over yeah. to everybody else here too. Uh, Corey had one assist. I, d- I don't think I remember him passing the ball, but that's okay. If you get a open look on your Corey Kispert, we want you to shoot those. So I'm, I'm fine with that. Cool. Uh, Bali had three assists himself. And then Denny Avdia was really good to kind of as a secondary creator again, too, with another uh, eight assists of his own. So I want to see that Wizards team for the rest of the season. And they can keep losing every game, but that was watchable yeah. basketball to me, at least. Yeah. The funny part is the last three minutes were probably the worst from a yeah. watchability because mm-hmm. it wasn't players that you really like focused in long term. Yeah. But that's actually fine. Like you said, if we get 40, 45 minutes, 44 minutes of good ball, that's mm-hmm. totally. That's better than what we had been seeing. <laughs> yeah, right. And, you know, so I'll take it. It was a, what people call it a tank loss. That was a good quality tank loss, you know? Yeah, for sure. Uh, for anyone who didn't watch that game, they lost to the 76ers 131 to 126 to fall to 3 and 17 on the season. Cool uh, Bali had 14 points on 6 of 10 shooting, 3 steals, 3 assists, 1 rebound. And he has now recorded three plus assists in a league leading five games off the bench and has now done so in back to back games. And he's also scored at least double figures in, uh, well, at least scored in double figures in eight different games this season, including back to back games. The Wizards PR team also does this amazing thing where they say amassed to make it sound <laughs> like somebody's collected a lot. And it just says amassed three assists for Kulabali. And it's just like, <laughs> okay, I like. Cool, man. It's good that he had three assists, but uh, amassed <laughs> seems like a very strong word for for a guy that only have three of something. It's almost like you're trying too hard, you know? Yeah, you say exactly. You have three Nothing right. wrong. You don't have to read at the wheel. If you want to say he had Denny amassed eight assists, like cool, I, I'm with you. Like yeah. that seems a little more fitting, but that's okay. Um, the the big play everybody's talking about is Cool Bali basically stripping Joel Embiid and then having kind of the run out dunk afterwards. That's like maybe one of the 10 most exciting plays from a Wizards game that I can remember in like the last several years, at least. And it honestly, it means nothing in the grand scheme of things other than it was just cool. It was a cool moment for Bilal. And actually, if yeah. you think about it, most of the highlights in 12, 13 years, it's all like John Wall stuff, you know? Yeah. It's John Wall 360. It's John Wall kind of 360 layup. You know, Rui's dunk are, on Anthony even, Davis excited me, and Kuzma dunking yeah, on Embiid also excited one. me. Yeah, if you really think of highlights from the last, like, yes, yeah, it's like 2010, that's kind of it. Mm-hmm. These last few years haven't had that many. Yeah, you know, like Kuz dunked on Embiid last year, but I, you rarely see that clip played ever again. You know, it just doesn't mean much context, Lancey. You know, the Bilal one could mean something, like, you know, it could be like the launching point of, you know, a player who we all hope is a star on this team, you know, and yeah. could be like, so that like you see a little more out of it. It's just an exciting play. And you want to see more of those flash special plays. I mean, we've always, we've been complaining and if we're listening here, like, you know, we, there was a conversation Matt and I are part of, but we were actually talking, I think it was a few weeks ago about how athletic this Wizards team is yeah. and not, but we actually don't think they're athletic. We, no, it was all. more yeah. of, I'm not I'm athletic. athletic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like relative to the teams in the league where they rank, and I think we all we all kind of came to the conclusion that they're somewhere bottom three, you know. Mm-hmm. And you can't really argue with that. But then you see some of those like freakish plays that Bilal makes, and you're like, okay, that's that's what they that's what they drafted. That's what you hope they build, like what they keep targeting in the draft. 
that type of athleticism, that type of player, that type of just ability to impact the game other than just scoring. And, you know, then you kind of like believe a little bit in the vision, you know? Mm -hmm. I would just draft all athletic French guys from now until the end of time and just roll with that. (laughs) And we'll see how we'll see how we end up if we're basically the French national team. Uh, Minus, I guess, Wembenyama long term, but minus. Yeah. You know, but that's okay. Who's, you know, who's he? Yeah, you know, like who needs that? Yeah, who is this guy? I mean, he's not shooting. He's not shooting as good as Bilal is from three. That's exactly right. Very few people <laughs> are. Uh, so save that for just one minute before we get to it. Speaking of dunks, he also just like snatched Paul Reed's soul from his body uh, and then yeah. mean mugged him after. I am like the like biggest that. believer in the world of the mean mug. Uh, I want that yeah. from every player every time there's a dunk. It just shows you're not going to back down. You're not like act like Barry Sanders, act like you've been there before, you know, but at some point you're establishing yourself, you're putting your name, like, you know, just, you're trying to get your name out in the league, mm. dunk on someone and just like stare at them after, you know, yeah. it's yeah. all good, just you know, burn a hole right through them. I love it. Exactly. Exactly. So you're not going to back down. And I think he did that. Like, you know, even challenging Embiid and like, you know, when he was trying to dribble it up, it just shows that you're not going to back down from anyone, mm-hmm. no matter how, like what level of player they are. You're not going to be timid. You're not going to just you know, now I just like him to kind of take that approach with some of his teammates and be like, Hey, I want the ball, you know? Yeah. I, but it's I a good mean, start. It's a good start. I really appreciate Neil DeLal of hoop district because he is the one most likely, I think to ask the questions that just us as like yeah. avid wizards watchers are, are going to ask. And he basically just put it out there. Like, Hey, w- what happened with the Embiid play? And, uh, Bill all said, uh, Embiid was a little bit too comfortable and I had to take it to show that I'm here to play defense and that I'm not afraid. Yes. That's awesome. We want that rub off on everybody. And we've had that like question about rookies in the past on this team or young players on this team. It's, um, you know, like the arguments would be like, Hey, this guy's per 36 looks good. This guy's shooting numbers look good. Why doesn't he just get the ball more? And then the counter to that is, Hey, maybe he doesn't want it more. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's any doubt that Bilal wants the ball more or wants is afraid of the moment. I think that's what we learned about him early, just even in summer league. His numbers weren't great, but mm-hmm. you could see he wasn't afraid of the moment. And I think it's pretty clear that he's not, and he's willing to go at someone. And so you add that, you add his age, you add like his experience, which isn't that much, but like how quickly he's growing in that experience. Exactly. Um, the whole package is what you, so if you're looking at a player that you want to kind of build around, that's what you want. And you kind of see now the stark difference between him and what we had been drafting. We've drafted players. Rui, Danny, uh, Corey, Johnny's a different story, but those other three, they're going to have long careers. They're going to mm-hmm. be in the NBA 10 plus years, you know, exactly. each make a ton of money, play a role, uh, play a role, like have huge moments in playoff games. They're not building blocks. Bilal mm-hmm. looks like he could be a building block. If you had 10 Kulabalis, you would be a very good team and you could just figure out all the other stuff. Like I think he's kind of that interchangeable piece of just like, He's got enough talent at multiple areas where you could kind of just plug him in with whatever the rest of a roster is, and he still makes sense. And I don't know that these other guys do that necessarily the same kind of way, and that's why we hadn't seen them have, like, maybe the same immediate success that um, Bill Alls had. So just just talking about how he's actually looked, he's uh, among rookies. He's ninth in points, ninth in rebounds, tenth in assists. So maybe that's why some of these stat-based things are are advertising him as like a fringe top 10 rookie, but second in steals, fifth in blocks, 
ninth in three-pointers made. He's shooting 62% from two, 41% from three, and his true shooting percentage of 63% ranks 36th in the NBA. Like, that's just not... I don't think anyone had that on their Wizards bingo card for this year, that he would, one, be such a knockdown shooter right away. I I know I didn't. I believed in it long-term, but I didn't think long-term would be October. (laughs) I mean, look, and I think a lot of it is those numbers, like, First of all, with all those numbers, there's no way he should. I was looking at the latest NBA.com rookie ladder, rookie ball, whatever they call it. Yeah. And I don't think he was in the top 10. Right. Um, there's no reason for him not to be in the top 10. Agreed. Like, it's just more of a fact that the Wizards aren't good and they're just not being paid attention to. So players on other teams are being prioritized. But he's mm-hmm. clearly a top 10 rookie. Um, and I think the only thing holding him back from being in a larger conversation is just how limited the role has been so far. Yeah, you know? agreed. Uh, apologies. I do not remember who tweeted this out. I would love to give you credit because I thought the split out was a good way to look at it, but it had the Wizards first eight games or or how Bilal performed in the Wizards first eight games. So six and a half points, 2.9 rebounds, 1.5 assists, 0.5 steals. He was 44% from the field, 37.5% from three and 64% from the free throw line in 23 minutes over the last 11 games. He was uh, 10 points, four rebounds, two assists, one and a half steals, 57% from the field, 44.5% from three, and 71% from the free throw line in 28 and a half minutes. So uh, if you were the one who tweeted that, let me know, and I will give you credit for that, because I thought that was a good way to look at it of just, okay, like there's a clear, you know, the minutes have gone up, the role has gone up, the usage has gone up, and by association, the productivity has gone up, and and that's what we want to see. I want to see... yeah. 15 games from now, that same tweet again, but he's at 14 points, five and a half rebounds, three steals, two and a half assists or two and a half steals, like that kind of thing. And I think it's also about like how he just overall impacts the game. I tweeted out something from Bullets Forever today. It was about net rating on off. Mm -hmm. And I I, I just limited seven players. Uh, I didn't include DeLon because he missed a lot of time. I didn't include Landry because he's been kind of in and out also, but it was Danny Mm -hmm. Bilal. Daniel Gafford, Tyus Jones, Corey Kispert, uh, Kuzma, and Jordan Poole. So each of them, um, <laughs> each of them has a has a negative on rating. It just kind of is the function of the roster that they're on. Sure. Bilal's is the least worst, so his is negative three point three on. Mm-hmm. Um, but like Denny is negative nine, Gafford negative eight, Tyus negative fifteen, Poole negative seventeen, Kuzma negative thirteen, and Corey about negative nine. I mean, that's look, it's, it's a stat. It's a stat. It's not yeah, yeah. an end all be all. There's context to it. There's like who you're playing with. So there's a mm-hmm. lot of things that factors in there. But Bilal, who plays a lot of minutes, over 25 minutes a game, if I recall correctly, uh, yeah. 26 minutes a game mm-hmm. has by far the best on net rating of that group. Now, yeah, when you go sense. off, everyone else is kind of ranging. Like some of them have positives, like Jordan Poole, when he's off, they have a positive net rating. Kuzma, when he's off, positive net rating. Tyus, when he's off, they have a positive net rating. The other players that are negative also when they're off, like Denny, Gafford, but when Bilal is off the floor, they have a negative 13.2 net rating. So hit. his differential is they're, they're approximately 10 points per 100 possessions worse when he's out of the game than when he's in the game. Mm-hmm. And he is the only one of that seven that has a negative differential when he's off the floor. Off the floor. Everyone else, they play better when they're off the floor. Now, again, there's, con- there's context to that. But I think it's meaningful <clears throat> that a rookie who's playing 26 minutes a game seems to have that overall impact on it. 
I wonder just like the product of this roster, they just know that they're going to get dumped on against other team starters. They just won't be talented enough, but like their bench, there's not like a huge drop off. So maybe that's where they think they compete. I I I almost wonder if they're not starting Bilal solely so he can come off the bench and, and like maybe the numbers pop a little better for him. And he looks like he's having, not that he's not having a good rookie year, but like if you say Bilal's net rating is minus eight because he plays with all the starters, it looks a little shittier than, than what it is. So yeah. I, I don't know if optics play well, into I, that at all for them. I think I don't, I don't, it shouldn't because he's playing 26 minutes a game. So he can't be playing with only bench players. He's playing clearly with starters also. Yeah. And they kind of have this, like, because he comes in when he comes in and he plays a lot of minutes, there are a lot of halves where he comes in midway through the first or midway through the third, and he stays on the rest of the court, the rest of the half, mm-hmm. which probably can't be, you know, he doesn't get a breather at any point. There's just got to be a better way to do this, at least in my opinion, you know? Yeah. And if you want to stagger him or, you know, alter the starting lineup in some way, it would be interesting now, now given how bad the starting lineup has been together, why wouldn't you do it now? And kind of, then yeah, you have that, up. like, it could be, yeah, because you could say, hey, look, once we made this change with our rookie, that starting five net rating jumped. Maybe they're only a minus five versus a minus 10, you know? Mm-hmm. They're just like there are ways to to look at it that I think time now, but we'll see what they do. I just think Tyus is one of those guys that could be a bigger needle mover and create more for those other bench guys. Like imagine him getting Corey yeah. more direct open looks, and you synced all their kind of minutes up together. Granted, that that wouldn't yeah. be a great sort of defensive perimeter either, but you could have Denny be the other guy or Bilal will be the other guy or when DeLon gets back or Landry, like whoever, you could kind of make up for it a little bit more. And uh, maybe Bilal yeah. makes Jordan Poole look a little bit better on that end too if he's I not think, just getting hunted the whole time. I think the issue with Tyus is he's really, at least what I've seen from Poole, Poole's like played a little better lately. A yeah. little, not good, but a little better. I'll I'll take just the shooting efficiency because I don't expect much else right now, you know, but he's not really a point guard, you know, Mm -hmm. his assisted turnover is almost one-to-one. He just doesn't look like he has that playmaking, uh, playmaking aspect to his game. If these other guys Um, are doing it though, does it, does that matter? Does that offset at all? That's the thing. If Denny and if Denny and Kuz are doing it enough, doesn't matter. And that's probably Mm -hmm. something they have to weigh, but they're, they're probably trying to weigh multiple things trade value for Tyus if they choose to trade him. And I'm sorry, Wizards Twitter, for referencing trade value in regards to a player on the roster. Please do not watch this, Wizards players. No. (laughs) Um, You're probably weighing that. You're probably weighing having a true kind of table setter on the floor, someone who could at least get the offense flowing or kind of get them in the right sets on time, get everyone moving to the right spots on time. So they're weighing that versus what might make sense as a better lineup, even because – who isn't a point guard, but you can rely on Kuzma. You can rely on Denny. You can rely on, you know, those guys to play, make a little more. So I'm sure there's a balancing act. There's something that, you know, and I'm, I'm, we're probably 20, 30 games away from seeing some kind of change anyways. Yep. Agreed. Uh, last thing on, on BLL before we pivot here a little bit, uh, our good buddy at Bulls forever. And so was his podcast. Kevin Broom does his Yoda draft analyzer. And I have long yep. advocated for him to add in a column or a multiplier bonus for like the MFR bonus. And mm-hmm. I think what we were talking about with Kulabali with just sort of the, like the little edge to him, like you don't have to be a crazy raving lunatic to show that MFR factor. And for him, it's like, 
you can just tell by the way he talks in the media. It's just like, yeah, I had to show him what was up. And you're like, yes, please rub yeah. off on everyone forever. That's what I want to hear in the interviews of like, I'm going to come in and day one and we're going to change the tone here a little bit. Right. You got to like, he's, you don't have to. Yeah, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. I was <laughs> And I was just watching the kids love Remember the Titans. And mm-hmm. uh, and what was the QB's name? The backup QB who came in. Sunshine, and he came and he yeah. flipped over the defensive lineman on the very first play. Mm. He jumped in, didn't say nothing, you know, just flipped over yeah. the defensive lineman. Was like, hey, that's what I got to do, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it just reminded me of that. But it's like, yeah, you don't have to talk a lot. You don't have to like run up and down the court like Draymond screaming at everyone in sight, you know, mm-hmm. to show that you have an attitude. Um, and I think Bilal has that confidence and he has that attitude, and they got to like tap into that and kind of figure out a way to 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 find more of that and have more of that just kind of press it throughout the roster, you know? Yep. I totally agree. Uh, shameless plug for our other pod here. Believe in DMV hoops. I just did an interview with James Bishop of George Washington. Uh, he'll probably be one of the candidates for a 10 player of the year, but the dude is like a killer, right? Like 20 points a yeah. game, four rebounds, five assists, 45% from three or whatever it is. And he's just like this quiet understated dude, but his teammates are like, Oh yeah. Like, this is this is James's team. Like he's the leader, and he just got like kind of that vibe about him. We're like, all right, like yeah. this dude is a killer. Like he means business, and I think Koulibaly is doing that without being like overly demonstrative. And there's no flexing or any of those things. He's just giving you a look or saying a subtle thing, and um, that that's just music to our ears. Yeah, and I and look, I'm not saying that one influenced the other. It could be the other players' growth also. But if you look at Daniel Gafford. That was mm. the first time I've seen him when he goes up against one of the elite centers in the league where he was legit mad. You know, there was yeah. a point I think he got a foul. Like uh, He got called for a foul that was one of those, you know, borderline fouls. And he got went sure. to the bench and he was just like visual, visually like upset. And mm. you could tell he wanted to compete with Embiid where in the past when he's gone up against Embiid, he when he's gone up against Joker, he kind of just, you know, gets an early foul trouble and he's never really into the game. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying that's a credit to Bilal, but like you also see it from Gaff, like he's yeah. beginning to get some of that attitude also. And I, yeah. that's why I think with those, like, I really like those two as a foundation defensively for the team, at least mm-hmm. because you have two guys who are showing a competitiveness, two guys who are athletic and two guys that just play are playing the right way. So that's like, you know, amidst all this, yes, they're three and 17 and, so it's just a rough season, you know, like it's like whatever bright spots one, we can get here. Stage, I'm with you. Yeah. Stage one of the tank is just not pretty, you know? So, sure. um, but that gives you something to look at, but like, Hey, we have, we have a crazy athletic five. who's not like the greatest player, but it's a good, you know, just keeps yeah, so. working, keeps grinding, keeps getting better and better. And we have this 19 year old freakish like athlete who has like good basketball IQ and, and like, it's just like you said, he's like, has that, has that attitude, has that, I'm not taking anyone's shit attitude. And it's like, okay, that's, we have, we have something now, you know, and that could be around for a while. That, that's yeah. I mean, that's, that's what you do. This is how you like change things. This is how you change the tone. Yeah. This is how you actually improve. I, I mean, honestly, it's not the free agency. It's not any of that stuff. It's, Everyone talks about culture and it's a bullshit word most of the time, but like, that's, that's where you make those changes. That's where we start to, you know, learn those kinds of lessons about what kind of guy we want here. Um, you know, as a part of the foundation in the future, just checking in the chat here a little bit. Why not TV says wizard won't win a game in December. 
cool. I mean, I, if you say so, uh, like they could, they could not. I, I don't really care that much. The, the record is irrelevant. Win, you know? Yeah, it's a race to the bottom. The record's absolutely irrelevant. It's, yeah. Right, it's a race to the bottom. It's how they lose those games. It's like, do yeah. they begin to show a little more competitiveness? Are the sure. right players playing more? Even the, look, even some of the players that, look, I'm not a particularly fan of watching, but like is a Jordan Poole, does he at least become competent? Does he get mm-hmm. maintain his efficiency? Does he find some of his spots a little bit better and show that he's not what he started the season as? That's still a good thing. Even if they lose every game, who gives a shit, you know? Yeah. Yep, agreed. Uh, Riley Richards says, two goats. What's up, team? Uh, three goats, Riley, including yourself. Appreciate that. <laughs> Hostway Gonzalez said, Bilal's feel for the game is a lot more advanced than many people thought. I was one of those many people. I, I mean, I thought yeah. that that was like going to be a nice kind of side benefit for him. But I, I'm like genuinely surprised when the dude makes a like a bad read or dumb decision. Yeah. And that's, I can't remember. I, I didn't feel that way about John Wall. I thought he did dumb shit all the time. He was just spectacular. Uh, yeah. I don't know the last Wizards rookie where I was like, oh shit, like he's he's just smart. Yeah. I mean, even the Wall's case, like Wall knows everything about the game but he didn't apply it always to himself. Mm-hmm. Now that said, and this is kind of, you know, uh, again, not trying to talk, like I'm pivoting away from ball, ball, ball for a second, but when you compare him to someone like a pool or like kind of just building blocks, like Wall had yeah. flaws, but he still raised everyone around him. Mm-hmm. Bilal, uh, now actually pivoting, like, and that's what I don't see from some players on the roster, but Bilal, different position, but you see he's, when he's engaged, when he's doing things, because he like you see what two way impact means. Two way impact mm-hmm. is like everyone says, "Oh, I love two way player. I want a two way player." Blah blah blah. You actually see what it could do on the floor when, when you mm-hmm. see him on the floor, and it elevates everyone around them. It like makes the game easier for them. Getting yeah, more possessions is a good thing. Uh, in the chat, Gabe thirteen nineteen, Bilal's passing is going to be very good, along with the other stuff. Agreed. And just to yeah. your point there, and I think he he actually raises the defensive ceiling of other guys too because. Yes. You know, you have to worry about him when you're on the basketball court. Like, he's the kind of guy where you're like, got to head to your head on a swivel for because he'll come over and just snatch it from you. And there aren't many guys right. on this roster you think that about. Right. Uh, and then Alex and Adelaide said, finally got here. Yeah, sorry for the technical difficulties here earlier today, folks. That uh, just nature of the business sometimes here. And uh, there's been some stuff with StreamYard and Twitter, API, and all kinds of other bullshit. So thanks for dealing with us. And Big J fifty two said, "Pool at point changes his role and responsibility for the better." I I think it's Pool just having to guard ones and surrounding him with better talent, and you're not really asking him to be anything other than microwave scorer alongside other guys running point. Essentially, that, yeah. that's what I would like to see. I'd also like to just see Pool get comfortable with what he's doing. He finally seems to be getting a little more. Com- let's just let's sure. let him get comfortable before we say, "Hey, now run the team." You know? Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. And also, um, like, it's also, like, if he's going to run the team, there's a responsibility that comes with that. He can't mm-hmm. do some of the stuff that he was doing early in the season. Yeah. So let him, like, let him earn it. It's fine, mm-hmm. you know? Like we said, yeah. the wins and losses don't, don't matter. Ideally, you would like a lineup that makes sense, but I think that's all going to sort itself out in the next few months anyways. I think so, too. Yeah. Uh, and this is one of the other things I want to ask about. I guess Poole got asked in practice uh, about just playing through nights where he struggles from the field, and he said, the shots that I'm shooting in the game are the shots that I'm shooting in practice. I just continue to be aggressive because it helps our team. I think everybody knows my shot is going to come. That was Bijan Todd that tweeted that. I don't know who actually mm-hmm. asked the original question there. I think it, it might have actually been Bijan, but it, I don't know, just some of the things he says, I just kind of like, 
It gives me yeah. like Kyrie, Kyrie vibes a little bit, like just the self-importance of it. Like, yeah, you know, like I'll work through it. I'll do this. I love being at the top of other team scouting reports. It's like, it's like so fun for me. Yeah. The, my team thing, the kid, he, how many times did he say it was my team? You know, yeah, it's a little toned down. Um, yeah. And it's also like what I, at least what I see is he's struggling with physicality, right? Mm-hmm. The shots are, you know, like, look, when it gets open shots, they're going to go in because if you could shoot, you could shoot. And he's shown that he has a baseline for shooting that he should be able to get to. What that comment kind of speaks to me is that he's not adjusting to what teams are doing to him now that he's higher up on kind of the scouting report. And they're using physicality. And, and, you know, listening on the radio, Consort says it all the time. I think Drew Gooden says it all the time. Like, he's they're playing it more physical. So... Instead of just saying, oh, I'm taking the shots that I'm taking in games, they're going to fall because they're falling in practice. What's he doing to adjust to that physicality? Yeah, that would be something that shots. if he said that, I would be more, that would be more like, okay, I have a belief that it's going to change because then he's recognizing what's happening versus just saying, oh, I'm just going to do play the way I'm playing. I know it's going to work, you know? Yeah, exactly. No, I, I, that's a, totally where I'm at with it. And I think all those kinds of things will come in time. Like it's fair. And, and this is why yeah. patience is important. It's not fun as a fan to be patient through stuff that sucks to watch, but I, I do think there's like, there's no world where he gets worse. Right. So he's definitely going to get better. Right. And you know, that's something to look forward to. Yeah. Uh, last topic here. And then we'll close ourselves out is just Patrick Williams, uh, Sam Amico of hoops, <laughs> whatever tweeted out that Patrick Williams is on the wizards radar to trade for. Uh, you brought this to my attention originally, and you made the really great point that that dude's track record, not overly <laughs> ideal. Uh, I think at one point it was, but now he just kind of throws shit against the wall and sees what sticks, you know? Well, it, it's also people confuse him and Sam Amick of The Athletic, who I think is like a Religious. real credible person. <laughs> yeah. So that that's always tough. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, presumably you wouldn't tweet something like that if it didn't. Somebody hadn't made some mention of. Right. That how have, have they talked is? at one point? Did they just at least float the name? That's possible. Right. And look, this is nothing against Patrick Williams, and that is exactly the type of player that I think they would take a chance on during this pick phase of the rebuild. Um because mm. frankly, why not? If there's a young player that's not playing to what you believe their potential is on right. another team, you're gonna take flyers, right? You're gonna mm-hmm. you're gonna throw darts, you're gonna buy as many lotto tickets as you can. The thing about Patrick Williams is Zach Lowe, I think it was. I think I sent you yeah. that tweet, right? Yeah. Zach Lowe insinuated, I don't know if a report is not the right not the right word, but he said Patrick Williams was looking for a $200 million contract over the summer. I am <laughs> also looking for that if that. anyone's trying to pay me, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and he is a restricted free agent at the end of the season. So if that's even – look, I'm sure he's adjusted his, or, you know, or not thinking that anymore. But if are you're you still sure thinking, though? Are you? Because sure. a lot of these people, guys, I I never know. There's so much delusionalness. I, I know. I know. But like, e- even if like to me, if you were telling me he was looking for a hundred or like even eighty, I'd be yeah. like, based on what? Yeah. Exactly. And I, I think you and I were talking with a few other people. Who were like, what is exactly is Patrick Williams good at? And I don't know the answer to that. You know. <laughs> neither does Patrick Williams. Neither do the Bulls, and presumably neither do the Wizards. But yeah. So like, look, if they want to throw, look, we have a bunch of second round picks. And yeah. I think what we saw last year with like with the, especially those fourth year guys who did not get an extension, the value seems to be multiple seconds and matching contracts. If they wanted to throw that at the bulls, take a close look at Patrick Williams. And if that's someone that Michael Winger liked when he was with the Clippers and if Will Dawkins liked him when he was with the, with the, or there, the thunder liked him when 
when he was with the Thunder. Take mm-hmm. a look. But, you know, there's going to be a bunch of other names, similar like similar type names. Um, but I wouldn't expect anything. And, and that whole graphic of him, Pool Coos, kind of like the next three, I'm like, oh, my God, that's just a nightmare, you know? <laughs> and I would our, not uh, want Patrick Williams coming in and taking away Bilal's minutes. <laughs> yeah, our, our buddy Brendan of the Wizards of Gallery Place, that was his immediate reaction was, hey, uh, no. Like, we don't need yeah. one more person, person blocking minutes for, for Bilal. Right. And I, I'm yeah, definitely a guy him. who's like in a rookie, in a contract year who's going to be, like, remember, look, Kendrick, was it Kendrick Nunn? Yeah, Kendrick Nunn got here, and he didn't even hide it. He said, this is an opportunity for me to showcase myself. It was an and I get buckets on moment. Like, yeah. he was ready to just go. <laughs> and lo and behold, they were more than happy to give him that chance to showcase himself. So I'm like, no, no more showcasing at the expense of Bilal or, you know, or look, even a Denny. I'd rather just see Denny just keep playing more minutes and getting the ball more. <laughs> totally agree. Yeah, that's fine. Find out if he can do more and scale up and all these other things. Too. Yeah. Uh, and if and yeah. if Patrick Williams wants two hundred million, then Danny should renegotiate. Yeah, right. He's a steal. <laughs> if if you're Dawkins and Winger, you send that Denny deal and say, "Look how good this guy's been this year. This is what he makes. Yeah. You're worth approximately half of that." Uh, so go go with that and see how it goes. Maybe you get another another deal. But to your point, this archetype of guy is who you throw darts at. Is a guy that took, got taken in the top ten somewhere, didn't work out in his first home, may just need some more time to develop. And hopefully you can convince him that uh, hopefully you can convince him that the the contract is worth it, but, or, you know, a contract is reasonable and, and you could do the Rui thing. I cannot hear you. Awesome. Uh, this is uh, life in the live stream uh, world. Folks We're working through some technical difficulties here again, wouldn't be a believe a wizard podcast without a little bit of that. So folks following around in the YouTube chat. Thank you. Appreciate you. Oz, are you back with us? Yeah, I'm back. Can you hear me? Yeah, we got you. All right, cool. So last thing we want to talk about here real quick, and then we'll get out of here, um, is just uh, some of the fringe moves they're making here. It was announced, I guess, last night on uh, Thursday night that the Wizards were waiving John Butler Jr. from his two-way contract. I was a big fan of his addition in the first place. And that they were going to then announce today that they were replacing him with Jules Bernard, who was on the go-go last year, went to UCLA. Uh, he was a guy that I liked coming out of UCLA as like a flyer, yeah. undrafted kind of thing. Honestly, he's been good for the go-go last year. I didn't yeah. think he was worthy of a two-way. This year, he's really kind of popped. If anyone wants to go check out the exact stats, I, I put him on bolts forever. I don't have him in front of me, but... He's been really efficient this year. He's in like the 20.5 plus rebounds, 40 plus percent from three range on 26 minutes. He scaled up in minutes. He scaled up efficiency and he makes a lot of tough, big shots for them. Like he's kind of the alpha on that team in, yeah. in some ways. It's just when I watch him, I don't say, I, I don't see like, here's this guy's path to contributing, you know, it's yeah, like a spot specialist kind of guy. It's one of those things where, like, if a guy's a scorer there, is he going to come in and really absorb that type of role on the big club? Right. So where I would look for it is I would look for that, like, hey, who's that defensive-minded point guard? Who's that Mm. rim-running five, you know? So I I just, you know, his numbers are good. Let's see if he gets a shot. Um, I don't know where it actually goes. Like, look, a Jordan Goodwin was a great example. Yeah. defensive minded point guard mm-hmm. with size found a role has continued to find a role like that's that makes more sense to me than chasing 
kind of a scorer, but like, look, I mean, fingers crossed, hopefully he's the outlier, you know? <laughs> I think it is kind they, of awkward. Like if you're on the go-go and one guy moves, like they trade contracts, it's probably like a awkward locker room dynamic for a couple days. <laughs> There's no guarantee that Butler sticks around with the go-go. I'm hoping that that's the case. And maybe they just want to yeah. spread the two way around to keep guys paid enough to want to stay in Washington. But yeah, someone could come in and give Butler a, a uh, two-way contract elsewhere or offer him more minutes or more usage or whatever. And, and he could leave yeah. if he wanted to. I hope that isn't the case. Uh, Cause I think he's intriguing. He was averaging a little under eight points, like four ish rebounds. I want to say, and was shooting yeah. 40% from three uh, on three and a half attempts, which is pretty good for a seven foot tall guy who weighs 44 pounds. Right. And it's all about like that has a better chance of translating than a score okay. has a better chance of translating. Yeah. Be a long trans- mobile you know guy I mean? who hits corner threes like that. That's a role you right. could come in and play on an NBA team tomorrow. Exactly. Yep. I, I think only way this makes a lot of sense to me is maybe you didn't see a ton from Butler that you actually thought, but it could be more about just longer term how they use the go-go. We saw them use the Exhibit 10 contracts to get these guys extra money to want to stay and be on the go-go in the first place. But if you're saying, look, Bernard got better, he stayed here, he came back a second year, he developed and we're rewarding him with a couple hundred thousand dollar bonus here, basically. That signals other fringe prospects that like, oh, okay, if I come to yeah. Washington, you know, they'll take care of me. And there's an opportunity to actually move up from that. So maybe that's all they're trying to say to the rest of the league. It could be. And it could be like also similar to like, you know, I, and I think there is some element to that. Like they use what happened with Chris Dunn as kind of a success story, even though he didn't come to the big club here. He went back right. and he went to Utah. And it could just be kind of what they're trying to do, just trying to make it an attractive destination for those, just so they could get as many kind of cast as wide of an added prospects as they can. Okay. Maybe that's what it's all that. Maybe that's what it's about. You know? Yep. I like that too. Uh, in the chat, Gabe said that uh, Patrick Baldwin Jr. played center last night for the go-go. Not ideal. Uh, my boy, Michael Foster Jr. has not been no. the impact addition. I thought he would be, uh, which is a bummer, but find some more of those kind of guys and just keep trying them out. This is why you have a G League team. If they don't work, keep them moving. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Oz, anything you want to um, end us with here that we haven't talked about yet? Uh, no, no. I think we pretty much touched on everything. I'm like, I, there are a couple things that I'm curious about that I think we'll find out more about, like what exactly happened to Ryan Rollins. Yeah. They just call it a knee strain, but he's actually been out. You get updates on everyone else. You don't really, we haven't really seen an update on him yet. He's, they're calling it a knee strain. I think it was initially called a knee sprain. Now it's a knee strain and he's, strain, yeah. it's multiple weeks now. Johnny Davis keeps getting hurt in practice where no one sees it. Um, I mean, yep. I'm sure the players see, but I'm, yeah. Do, do they? Also, yeah. I wonder if it's like, a, I wonder if it's an opportunity for like a reset because like the video got out of his jump shot again. I want to pass. He passed up an open jumper in his last game action. And he took like this awkward 18 foot floater versus shooting it. So I wonder if it's like on also kind of maybe a reset for the guy, get healthy, get strong, kind of work on some things. I think in his case too, just, let him play. He got his confidence with a go-go last year. Just let him go, you know, yeah. let him go play there. Mm-hmm. So let's see what happens, but that's, you know, nothing else is like, you know, it's, it's kind of like, let's just wait for February. Well, actually January 15th and then the trade deadline and see and reset from there. But like, yeah, kind of just stay the course. Just hopefully, hopefully tonight we get more Bilal. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that would be nice. Uh, Daniel Gafford is not going to play dude. Well, he's questionable to an ankle strain. What right. I heard was, Probably unlikely, but I, we'll see what the actual case there is. Landry Shamit is definitely out with the rib strain. 
rip sprain. Sorry, Davis is out. We said Rollins is out. So there's minutes available for for people like that. Minutes just, available. Yeah, yeah. Give them the ball. They play Brooklyn at seven thirty. So everybody, go get ready, settled, and watch that game. Oz, thank you for doing this on yep. short notice. I always appreciate you. We'll have to keep doing these uh, more frequently. No, now, definitely, but, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Uh, all right, everybody. Rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. If you're watching this on the YouTube feed, hit that little like button for us. We appreciate that. And the subscribe button and even notifications if you want. So if there's a bunch of other bullshit where we get stretched out and don't record when we want, you'll get a notification when we actually go live. All right. Uh, presented by betonline.ag. We'll catch you all next time. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube